the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all the shows on podcast. And uh, we're in our, we're going to have, uh, I think this show represents 170th and we're four years in. So it's just a, a major, you know, we, we're very grateful. And uh, if you'd like to donate, uh, it's, a, it's a donated uh, listener program. You'll, you'll find that on the website as well. But I, my, my guest is Max Ashton. And Max, Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. He is the Communications and Community Relations Specialist for the Foundation of Blind, uh, for Blind Children, and that's located in Phoenix, right? Yes, right uh, down in central Phoenix. And before we move too far into the program, I'm going to ask you, just to get it rolling here, uh, in, in a few minutes, or you, you take your time, how did you get to this point in your life? How did I get to this point in my life? Yeah. Um, so to give my backstory and my backstory with the foundation, I'll go back to the very beginning. Um, I was born with a condition called Leber's congenital amaurosis, which has left me mostly blind. Um, I only have a little bit of peripheral vision left. In a corner, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of look, look at things out. Like turn my head to the side to look at things, so people are always confused where I'm looking. Um, <laughs> and you know, so that I, I was born with that, and my parents figured it out within a few months. And the second they got the diagnosis, um, the doctor co- told them to call the Foundation for Blind Children. And then, literally the next day, someone from FBC was uh, at our house, and everything started from there. And now, 27 years later, I, I'm now working for the foundation and, um, and, you know, trying to do a little bit and giving back, um, for all the opportunities that I've been given. Well, you haven't done just a little, we're going to find out all of that, but, uh, but thank you for, for that, that backstory. I, first of all, I'm amazed the foundation for blind children has been around around 60 years, right? Yeah. Uh, since 1952. So we, started as um, literally with one preschool teacher and four students. 
and now we serve uh, 2,000 uh, students of all ages. So we're not, even though our name has children, and now nowadays we serve everyone from birth to we have a client who's 103, 103 years old right now. Wow. Um, and then we have served 2,000 people across Arizona and then um, a bunch more people all across the country now. Oh, really? You yeah. reach out of, out of Arizona? Yeah, so we've been, we've been growing a lot over the last Awesome. So there, that tells me there must not be very many, if, if at all, other than doing what you're doing. There, there are, but the reason why FBC started actually was because in the 1950s the only option – in Arizona was the Arizona School for the Deaf and Blind, which is located in Tucson. Um, so if you had a child who was blind in Phoenix, you had no option but to send the, your kid away because it was it was a boarding school. Wow. So it started literally with four families, and they said, this is not right. We want to have more options. We want to be able to stay in our homes and have our children with us. And then they started FBC just from the ground up. And um, you know, it grew slowly over time, and then now we're just continually expanding and trying to help more people. You have a wonderful mission statement. We bring independence for the blind. How sweet is that? Yeah, that's that's our entire goal. It's for um, people like me, the only thing most of us want is to be able to live normal lives, and the FEC starting, um, in my case, from when I was a baby, um, <laughs> started giving me the tools to do that. So, you know, when, for example, when a, when a baby learns to walk, usually how it happens is they see something across the room that they want, and then that motivates them. So they start scooching and then crawling and then eventually walking. But for me, you know, I didn't see the thing across the room. So for, uh, to, to motivate me, what they'd have to do is find sounds that I liked, and that could be bells or squeaky dog toys or, you know, anything to get the attention of a baby. And then that starts, uh, you know, from the very beginning how yeah. people, how our teachers at FBC teach our students. Because, you know, nowadays, especially with technology, there's not much that blind people can't do. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times you just need to find a slightly different way of learning or a different way of doing things. And that's all we do. It's all about adapting and finding the finding the different way. Very, very amazing stuff going on there. Is, is it uh, was it built by family or uh, who, who started this? So, yeah, it literally was those four families who okay. all had blind students. And it, it started they, they had hired one teacher initially and they taught classes in someone's living room wow and now now we serve um 110 students on campus um from preschool uh through fourth grade we have the largest preschool for the blind in the country um and it's located where it's right down in central phoenix at 12th street in northern so a lot of people might have seen our driven past our building yeah um and not exactly known what it is but that's a lot of what we're doing now is trying to get people to it's know kind where of, we are. It's kind of Central Valley, right? Yeah, right down there, yeah. right down Central Phoenix. Nice. So um, you were born blind, except for that little quarter, mm-hmm. right, corner. And um, you were born in Phoenix. Um, you, ha- <laughs> you, This is going to be fun. A few, you've had a few and amazing things that you've been able to accomplish how old are you now? 
I'm 27. So a lot of these were in your teens, right? Yes. I, so I'm going to read off this list. So um, <laughs> there's a few amazing things. I don't know how else to say it. It's double amazing uh, that you've accomplished beyond amazing. You climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Now, you didn't do that by yourself, I don't think. You had a team with you or... Yeah, so we uh, did that in 2009, so I think I was 13. Okay. Um, and Still in high school. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it was crazy. The, or starting high school, baby. No, I think I was in 7th or 8th grade. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, before that. Um, no, I, yeah, I think it was somewhere between 7th and 8th grade, actually. Um, so we took a group of – I was the youngest blind climber, but there were eight of us. Yeah. And then 25, including our sighted guides. Um, and we uh, went on a trip to Mount Kilimanjaro, and every single member of our team made it, um, which is <laughs> – Up and down. Up, up and down, thank God. Yeah. And we uh, – that's pretty unheard of for large groups climbing that mountain and then especially including eight blind climbers among that like we would have guides and porters on the mountain who you know take people up and down constantly like we're just blown away by what was happening (laughs) so um not only that you swam from alcatraz to san francisco now my wife and i have known someone who has done this a sighted person. This is no easy task because uh, the currents are bad, can be really rough, right? And it's cold. <laughs> and very, very, very cold. Co- very cold, regardless of the time of year, probably, right? Yeah. So um, tell us about that. Yeah. So this, so so Kilimanjaro was the first um, first of these kind of events we do. We, we call them challenge events where we uh, have taken, you know. Uh, blind climbers or swimmers, whatever it be, um, to try to do something that you know beyond is, is, their is, yeah, it's beyond what you would yeah. think people could do, and that is frankly just crazy because we we did all these things and <laughs> people said what are you doing, and then we've done them all. Um, but so we we kill them, and then Alcatraz was uh, a a really fun event for me. A because it's I, I don't want to say easier. But at least it's over quicker. We were on Mount Kilimanjaro <laughs> for eight days, oh, geez, dealing yeah. with the altitude and the cold and everything. And Alcatraz, you know, I think I finished in fifty minutes or so, and it's a mile and a half swim. Um, so it's not easy, but at least you can get out and get heated up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, the and, heating up part would be kind of interesting or <laughs> necessary, right? Yeah, um, yeah, just. Get some coffee in your hand immediately. Um, <laughs> so you weren't afraid. You, the, you you had no fear factor at all. Not really. I've I I mean I've always been kind of a swimmer and like I'd go to the beach and go in the ocean and stuff. So like yeah, I don't know, a little afraid of the sharks and stuff. But, <laughs> you know, the open water is a little scarier than being at the beach. But uh, you know, it was more just trying to get across the bay so I could feel that sense of accomplishment and feel of that so that's not it yeah uh you threw out a first pitch this is this is calmer than the other things you you had a first pitch at a diamondbacks baseball game that must be a, a memorable occasion right yeah that's uh that 
was one of the craziest and most amazing things I've done because really? it was again that seems a little more mundane, but that was much scarier to me than climbing a big mountain or swimming across the ocean because you had to make sure you you hit the catcher's mitt yeah. right <laughs> not somebody up in yeah. the row three or four exactly and i was <laughs> i was terrified so so the story of that is we uh at fbc have had um uh some partnerships with the arizona diamondbacks over the years and this was in 2011 when the all-star game was in Phoenix. Oh, nice, yeah. And so we actually, so we we had done stuff with the Arizona Diamondbacks Foundation, um, and then that same year we had also gotten a big grant from Major League Baseball um, to provide uh, assistive technology to students across the state. Um, and just because we had been interacting with them a lot, uh, later that year when the Diamondbacks were in the playoffs, the president of the of the Diamondbacks called and asked if I wanted to throw out this first pitch. <laughs> and I initially wanted to say no, and I got – just because, you know, I was terrified. And I got a lot of encouragement and then, you know, eventually said yes. And then – and this was just the night before, by the way. Like I didn't have any preparation time. So the next day uh, after school, I uh, asked to skip my wrestling practice so I could go practice throwing. Okay. And – Hold on. You're in high school. Yeah. You're wrestling. Yeah. Blind. Yep. And That's... you and you even got an award on on being courageous, right? It it was the courage award or whatever it's called. Yeah, I got uh, a a senior award from my school because they <laughs> saw all the crazy stuff I was doing, I guess. Um so I uh so, so I so I Skipped out on wrestling practice. They initially were like, well, well you can't skip practice. Then I explained what was going on. They're like, all right. Um, and I uh, spent at least two hours straight just throwing back and forth to my dad. Or I, would, I would throw at him, then he would usually roll it back to me. Yeah. Um, just easier for me to get the ball that way. Yeah. And for about an hour and 40 minutes of that two hours – I could not throw the ball straight. <laughs> and uh, just by happenstance, we had been – we had gone to um, – Were you up on a mound doing this? No. <laughs> Here, level no, we were, level we were, ground. We were on level ground. I We actually had gone to my aunt and uncle's house um, just because our house was much further away and we knew how to get back to the stadium. So by lucky circumstance, we were there and my aunt had come out and her son – had played baseball as like my cousin and she came out said hey max bend your elbow more and i did it and immediately started throwing straight <laughs> oh nice yeah and then that night you know i had the highest level of nerves i've ever felt before and i went out on the mound and i somehow got it over the plate <laughs> and that i'll never forget i was out there my dad was next to me we can uh that's amazing we can send you guys the video because it's it's on youtube yeah and okay. he said it's a strike and i would just like remember the feeling of just complete relief <laughs> i was like oh my god i didn't throw it in the dugout <laughs> um but yeah that was that was an amazing experience so uh my gosh and 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 wrestling yeah how did you figure that out um that actually was something i specifically did because it's something that 
Um, you felt you felt your opponents or yeah I I mean it was something that I felt like oh I can do that you know that's all <laughs> you know touch based you know I don't have to be seeing someone across the field hundred feet away and there's actually in uh, high school level wrestling there's rules specifically for blind wrestlers so like really you have to start with your hands touching so okay. I could essentially and you have to always stay in some kind of contact so my kind of move was you know we start with their hands touching and then i would just immediately go and take a shot and try to get them on their back as quickly as possible it's like once once we were on the ground then it's completely even playing field um so i just usually tried to yeah. be the first person to try to make a throw or whatever right and you had yeah. the headgear and the yeah. whole, everything so um <laughs> uh i did leave one thing out you did a rim to rim at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Now I'm assuming, again, you had a party around you, right? Yes. That so had done this before, and that was another uh, big group we took. And some people had done it before. Some some people had. You didn't do this in one day. We did. <laughs> yeah. It's that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's 24 miles, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, started before dawn, got back after sunset, um, and it was just that. Was just a long. It's like day you start over at the Kaibab Trail, get down to the bottom, and then you come up Bright Angel or something like that. We started or other on, way around. We started on the North Rim. Oh, and then you go down. Oh, okay. And the the North Rim is it's, it's a I little love. bit of, it's a little bit of a cheat because the North Rim is actually higher than the South. <laughs> so you start going down the higher side. It's about a thousand feet higher, right? Yeah, think. something yeah. like that. And it's yeah. it's um, but that was another thing. It's just like we got a a, a bunch of people to come out and. We did this, and we got it. Um, and you did it without uh, lifting yourself onto a mule. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I definitely wanted to, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you went to uh, you 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 graduated from Brophy Prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Loyola Marymount in California. Correct. And you did some amazing things in their uh, Supreme Court. Hold on before you answer that. Uh, if you're coming to the Rescuers Radio Show a little late, uh, my guest today is Max uh, Ashton, communications and community relations, uh, communications and community relations specialist for the Foundation of Blind Children here in the Valley and elsewhere around the country. I think so. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, so you you did that you did the the rim to rim, but now you're you're over in California, mm-hmm. in college, and you were in, introduced to their Supreme Court, and you did some things for them that were really important things. Yeah, actually, that was uh, back here. It was a. It was oh, it was a, with the Arizona Supreme Court. It was the uh, Maricopa County Superior Court. Oh, it was, okay, it was got a, it, got it. It was like my first ever job or internship. Um, Thanks for correcting that. Yeah, it's um, and I, I got this opportunity to come in and basically what I did is you know it was kind of sort of boring intern work really, but it uh, I, I was told by the judges I worked for that it was really helpful. Um, basically, what I did was I did a lot of like uh, organizing and consolidating of their like extremely complex legal calendars and their databases, um, and that was kind of my first taste of like what it's like to work in an office and have a job and um a lot of what we do with fbc and you know 
now I work here, but before I was just being guided by them. Well, um, the judge gave you a lot of credit because yeah. you cleared out like a year's worth of yeah. work that they couldn't do. Yeah, and then I um, <laughs> initially was just brought on for one judge, and then they I finished it quickly enough. They kept adding more to my uh, plate before summer ended. Um, but the, the whole goal of what we do at FBC is to get – I mean, basically what we want as much as possible is for our students to – have every opportunity they can, and that really just means getting them into their normal public schools when po- possible, um, getting them to college or however whatever path they take to going on and getting a job. So I think I think there's one thing that you've taught those around you that you've had the ho- opportunity to po- possibly ingrain some you know you cans. Instead of you can't, right? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And a lot of people um, are just afraid because they're, you know, especially people who lose their vision later in life, they think like, oh, everything's over. I can't do anything. But really what we do is say, no, you give us a couple of weeks or months to help train you. We'll teach you how to use a computer with talking software. We'll teach you Braille and then send you back into your career or send you back home if you're retired or whatever and we'll give you a, a microwave that has either braille on it or talks to you so you can yeah. you know you can cook you can do whatever you want um and that's that's the whole mission of it well, technology is getting better right definitely that is yeah. a, that's a huge yeah. huge um help for us yeah. um Especially now, you know, I've had just very normal office jobs starting from when I worked at the Superior Court. Um, You know, I just use a normal laptop that has talking software on it. I don't really use a mouse. I just use keyboard commands for everything. But I can do almost anything else anyone else can do on a computer. Hey, let's let's move along a little a little bit because I want to. We're in our last five minutes, and I want you a chance to talk about what's happened with Al McCoy. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, for, for those who don't know, Al McCoy is the, uh, or was the, for 51 years, 51 years, the radio broadcaster for the Phoenix Suns. And yes. he just retired at the end of this last season. Yes. And in his sign off, he, uh, thanked, uh, you know, amongst all of his other listeners, he said, you know, special thank you to my blind listeners who, you know, I know I've helped make the game more accessible. And I, it was – when I heard that, it was something I had never really thought of before, um, that a, you know, a radio broadcaster for a sports team yeah. would really consider this. Because, like, all my life I've listened to radio broadcasts of sports. I'm a big sports person. Sure. And even when I go to uh, games, I – usually bring a little handheld radio and have an earbud and listen to the, listening to what's happening on the field um, or on the court. And uh, when I was a kid at one point, I was at a Suns game listening to the radio and Al McCoy saw me and kind of like waved, uh, <laughs> waved me and my dad over and at the next commercial basically just thanked me for listening and said, wow, you know, we're glad um, – I was enjoying the game and all that, and then when he when he finally retired, it was I hadn't thought about that memory in years, but it instantly just kind of like in his retirement back. comments, yeah, 
he he thanked his blind listeners, and I was just like, I hadn't thought about that in so long, and it, it <laughs> meant a lot because it's it's something that it's just almost like a subconscious thing of I know it is a huge benefit to me, but yeah. Well, I think I think you touched his life as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, gosh, we're we're in our last uh, getting down to our last couple of minutes, but uh, do you realize the number? I thought about this as I was reading my talking points. Do you, do you realize the number of children that you and the Foundation for Blind Children have touched? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, it's. I'm, I mean, it's got to be. You've got you you've with all of these things that you were able to say, I, I can't do that. You said, I can do that. And you had support around you. Yes. But for goodness sakes, you've touched a, a lot of lives. And, and um, you know, you, you, the foundation serving s- since 1952 has touched a lot of lives, like in the thousands, right? Yeah. So, and you have how many thousands there now? We have... 110 students on campus and oh. 2,000 across the state that we serve in their local schools. And then in other states. And, yeah. Okay. And gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got to get out of the, the studio, but I, I sure like having you on. Max, Ashton, uh, you and the Foundation for Blind Children are all rescuers. God's blessings on you. And thank you for being on the show today. Oh, by the way, how can people get in touch with you? Sure. So uh, everyone can... Uh, come check out our website at seeitourway.org. That's S-E-E-I-T-O-U-R way.org. Um, and, you know, come connect with us. Look up Foundation for Blind Children on social media. Uh, if you come into our website, you can come uh, sign up to take a tour of our facilities. We give tours every day, cool. and we love having people out. All right. Thank you, Max. Thank you. God bless you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 